I want to make tonight uh, on the attributes of God. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share it with you. So turn your Bible to. Uh, well, let's do our groups. Let's do this. That'll that'll make it move more quickly. All right, let's have the uh, teenagers be group number one, and the men, eighteen and over. Is that what we've been? No, nineteen and over. Men, eighteen, uh, nineteen and over. Group number two, and uh, ladies. 19 and over group number three. All right, we'll do it that way. So group one will be Exodus 34. All right, teenagers, Exodus 34. Uh, Group two, Isaiah 25. Group three, Jeremiah 10. And then one one of the verses we're going to look at is a scripture song. We'll sing it together. And then we'll all end together in John chapter 1. All right, so let me get that straight again. Group 1 is the teenagers. Group 2 is the men, 19 and over. Group 3 is the ladies, 19 and over. All right, so group 1 will be Exodus 34. Group 2 will be Isaiah 25. And group 3 will be Jeremiah chapter number 10. And the rest we will do all together. Here is the, and I, I tell you, as I prepared this, I found myself saying, I need to go a whole lot deeper on this subject. So we're going to cover it tonight, but I'm going to begin to study this on my own because I'll be honest with you, the, the, the subject is so broad and vast and deep and wide that even though I'm quoting a bunch of commentators tonight, or commentaries, um, I don't feel like it even scratches the surface of this word. And here's, here's the word tonight. It's a huge word. It's, it's only got four letters, but it's a huge word. And it, the word is true. God is true. So let me jump into this idea of God is true. The word true covers a variety of aspects of integrity, all of which accurately describe the character of God. I found not only was I not able to adequately define define this word, not the word, but the aspect of God's character. God is true. Not only was I not able to adequately define it in a way that covered all the bases, but I also found that the commentaries that I consulted, the ones that we've been using, the ones I've told you about, they only began to scratch the surface. And and the, the idea is so huge that we're only going to begin to address it in just a couple of minutes tonight. But I want you to understand that the fact that God is true is one of the most reassuring things that I can imagine. It gives me hope like I can't even begin to tell you. And let's see if I can share a little bit of that with you as we go. Let me give you from Webster's 1828 Dictionary nine different definitions of the word true. I'm going to go through it quickly. Don't let the word number nine scare you. 
But here are nine different definitions of the word true, and God fits every one of them perfectly. All right, number one, conformable to fact, being in accordance with the actual state of things. Definition number two, genuine, pure, real, not counterfeit, not adulterated, not false. Definition number three, faithful, steady in adhering. Definition number four, free from falsehood. The dictionary is showing us all these different aspects of the word true. And every one of them fits the character of God, except that they fall short of really telling just how true he is. But number five, honest, not fraudulent. Definition number six, exact, right to precision. Seven, straight, right. Definition number eight, not false or pretended. Definition number nine, rightful, authentic. So there's nine dictionary definitions of the word true. And even though they don't really even begin to tell the story of what it means that God is true, your God, the God that you believe in, the God that you worship, the God that you serve, the God that you get down on your knees and talk to, he is absolutely true in his character. All right, let's read some of the scriptures here. Group number one, Exodus 34 Verse number 6. Exodus 34, verse number 6. Ready? Go ahead. All right. And this is God talking to Moses about himself. And in this description of himself, God says he is abundant in truth. All right? Now, the second one, we'll get to group two in a second, but the second one we all know. The second example I'm giving, Deuteronomy 32, verse number four. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. We all know that song. Let's sing it. Ready? He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Just and right is he. Just and right is he. A God of truth and without iniquity. Very good. Now, this is a part of a song that God taught Moses and instructed Moses to sing and teach to the people. And by the way, if you look at the book of Revelation, this song is sung throughout the Bible even until... Revelation, it says in heaven, we will sing the song of Moses. This is the song of Moses. And in this song that God writes about himself, he says, I am a God of truth. Now, why would God hammer this? He's speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, and he says, the Lord is abundant in truth. Here he says, sing, people sing, a God of truth. 
All right, group number two has Isaiah 25 and verse number one. Isaiah 25, verse number one. Is that the men? I believe it is. Go ahead, men. O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name. For thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Very good. All right, group number three, ladies, Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse number 10. Jeremiah 10, verse number 10. Ready? Go ahead. Very good. Now let's everybody meet in John chapter 1. Would you go there? John chapter 1. We're going to read two verses there. And then I will wrap this up and, and simply say before we even wrap it up that what I'm going to give you tonight doesn't scratch the surface. I feel like this, this singular point deserves message after message to drive home the concept God is, is true. Whether, however you want to take that, true to his word. He is true as in he's genuine. Any way you want to look at it. In a world of falseness, in a world of lies, in a world of, how many of you ever ordered something online and you get it and you go, oh, brother. That doesn't even, man, I, I bought my wife a dress for Christmas. It wasn't this past year. I scored this past Christmas. But the year before, maybe the year before that, I, and I thought I had found the most beautiful dress, and uh, I ordered it, and it came. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding. It, it was like, it was like um, cotton, only like, bald cotton kind of cotton. I mean, literally, I could push my finger right through it. It, it was the biggest ripoff. It, I, I could not believe it. It was not true to what it presented itself to be. And we live in a world where all the time things don't live up to their expectations. They are not true. And God is the exact opposite of that. All right, you're in John chapter 1. Let's read verse 14. Ready? And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, the word, of course, is Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. He is true. Verse 17, ready? For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Try to soak this in. Try to take this. When I do, we'll be finished Commentator Harold Wilmington, we've looked at him a lot, says, God's being and knowledge eternally conform to each other. Thus, God is true, for he alone represents things as they actually are, for truth is reality revealed. John Gill said, God is true in and of himself. Truth is essential to him. It is his very nature and essence. God is truth itself. Truth is most pure and perfect in him. He is truth, and there is no falsehood in him, not the least mixture nor appearance of it. Truth is first, chief, and original 
in God. Truth is eternal as God is eternal. It is immutable and invariable as God is. John Dagg said, The truth of God includes veracity, and and if you don't know that word, you should check it out. Veracity, because I don't, so I can't tell you. But no, uh, veracity means truthfulness, essentially. The truth of God includes veracity and faithfulness. Veracity in his declaration of things as they are. And faithfulness in the exact fulfillment of his promises. James Boyce said, The truth of God must be considered in three terms. Number one, God's verity, which is the exact correspondence of the nature of God with the ideal of absolute perfection. Number two, God's veracity, which is God's incapacity to deceive. God is incapable of deceiving. So you ever think God tricked you? He did not. He's not capable of tricking you. Third, God's faithfulness which is God's truthfulness in relation to his purposes and his promise. Listen, I try to be a focused person, but, you know, I get off track. No matter how disciplined you are, you get off track. There are times, no matter how disciplined you are, when your life does not match up to your principles, or we could say your life is not true to your principles. And to that extent, to the extent that our lives are not true to our own principles, we're all phonies to that extent. Not that, not, our, not that we're complete phonies, but to the extent that my life doesn't match up with my principles, I am, I am a phony because I'm not living what I say I believe. God never fails to execute what he says he is and what is true. Last one, Charles Hodge. God is true because he really is what he declares himself to be. Because he is what he commands us to believe him to be. And because all his declarations correspond to what really is. We have just barely scratched the surface of this. If you and I understood just how true. Let me see if I can give you just a little illustration very quickly. But when, uh, when you're building something with wood, uh, it's not uncommon that you have to, okay, if you're building a wall, and that wall is going to be seven and a half feet high. All right, you have to take these eight-foot two-by-fours that you're going to use as studs, and let's say you need 50 of those. Well, here's what you don't do, okay, as any carpenter will tell you. You don't measure the first one and then use the first one to mark the second one and then use the second one to mark the third one and then use the third one to mark the fourth one because by the time you get to number 50, it's going to be about six inches longer than the first one. No, you mark one precisely. And then you use that to, if you, if you don't want to use the ruler on all or the tape measure on all of them, you line the second one up to the first one, mark it, And then you line the third one up to the first one. Then you line the fourth one up to the first one. And if you want to check your work after you've cut the other pieces, you hold up, and here's the word, you hold up the second one after you've cut it to the first one, which you know the first one is good. So you hold it up, and they are exactly the same height, and you say the second one is true to the first one. How many of you have ever been to Home Depot with somebody that's getting wood 
and they pick up a two by four and they go. And if they're at Home Depot, they put that one aside and they fucking, they get to about the tenth one before they okay, this one is this is the straightest one there is here. What are they doing? They are looking to see if it is true, if it is straight. That's one tiny little facet of what it means when we say God is true. It's it's so much more than just, yeah, God always tells the truth. It's so much more than that. God is always 100% exactly what the God of the universe needs to be. No variation. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you.